Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nixon. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Cap. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. All right, welcome back to the early week edition of Never Stop Getting Better. Today we have a guest that's going to actually give us our early week edition. Today's guest is one Rick Jones. Rick Jones is one of the greatest high school football coaches in America who has just recently spent time at the University of Missouri. If you go back to probably the start, near the start of this podcast, he has uh, he's one of our guests that's on here earlier on. He's a guy that I come in contact with probably seven or eight, nine years ago, just wanting to learn football. And coincidentally enough, found out that, you know, we have a lot in common as far as a growth mindset, as far as we both cheer for the Harding Bisons and the new national championship, because we're both Harding Bisons. And anyway, he's a fantastic guy, fantastic human, and obviously a fantastic coach. So today he's going to deliver our message to us. So welcome and thank you so much for doing it, Rick. Thanks, Coach Perry. I appreciate it. It is a uh, it's an honor to be here. I am a, I am a fan of the podcast. I listen to it on a on a weekly basis. I I walk. I try to walk for an hour a day, and and uh, the podcast keeps me company. I have a set playlist that I like to roll through, and and uh, yours is one of them. I've been honestly shocked at at the quality of guys that you get to do and girls uh, that you get to do. Uh, the podcast. It's really interesting because it just sort of goes to show that if you ask, you never know what will happen. If you don't ask, then you have you know exactly what's going to happen. But I think that's part of it. And uh, I'm happy to be here. And I'm going to talk about something that's not not a lot of fun, to tell you the truth. Uh, to guys like myself and, and guys that have been in the business for a while, uh, they will if they live long enough in the business, they will come across tough times in terms of the, the overall gist of what I'm trying to say is how do you know what to say when there's really nothing to say? When I was uh, a young coach in, at Dell city, Oklahoma, we had a, I was in, well, I worked with the off season guys and uh, one day it was the and, and I grew up in Oklahoma. So when I say it was a windy day, it was the one of the most windy days I ever remember in my life. I, it was so bad that we actually I actually took some of the guys out of the weight room and went out on the football field because our huge high jump pit was blowing across the field like it was a paper cup. It was that windy. It was unbelievably windy. We go out there and we wrestle with that <laughs> when you wrestle with that uh high jump pit you know and it was huge and heavy and i had four or five guys with me 
And it probably took us 10, 15 minutes to get that thing corralled and strapped down. And when I got back to the weight room, my fellow coach, the other coach that was in charge of the uh, off season with me was just sit, sitting on the ground. He was just, I mean, it looked as if he had just collapsed to the ground and his wife was there. And when she looked at me, I could see, I could see in her eyes that it was not good. It was not good. And what had happened is that my friend's brother was a pilot, was a, he piloted his own plane, a small plane, a, a six-seater. And on that particular day, my friend had just found out that his brother, his sister-in-law, his nephew and niece had been killed in a plane crash in Colorado. They were coming back from Colorado skiing, and the wind got them, and they didn't make it. And I, and I remember trying to think about what, do I need to do? What do I need to say? What what do we need to do? And my first thought was we got to take care of the kids in the offseason, which is probably the coach's default. And I actually had to help him to his feet. And I walked him and his wife to her car. And I said, Coach, go home. Do what you need to do. I'll take care of it here. And as soon as I get the kids out of the weight room, I'll, I'll be there. And so that was sort of the plan. And I remember, you know, just we go, went ahead and finished the workout. And then I got the guys together and said, hey, you need to hurry out of the locker room today. Don't hang around like you normally do because I got to get over to see coach. And uh, the kids were great. They got in, got their workout done, got out of the locker room in a hurry. And then I drove over to my friend's house and and just sat there and it, and it it just occurred to me that I was so ill-prepared. I was just unprepared. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, you know, how do you handle something like that? And any of us that have coached for a while have dealt with that with our players. I, I was thinking the other day, I, I think I've been to 15 funerals of yeah. players that I coached. And, uh, of course, I've coached a long time. And I didn't go to every funeral. I wasn't able to go to every funeral of kids that we've lost. But I went to my 15th one, as I can recall, just a week ago. 39-year-old man uh, that I'd coached several years ago in, in the Tulsa area had passed away. And and it just it just hit me that we they don't teach you that at coaching football in Harding, <laughs> you know. They teach you a lot of things, but they don't teach you what to do when things like that happen. And I remember going to Coach's house and, and sitting there with him and just listening to him talk and trying to think of something that I could say that'll make things better, or something that I can do, or you know what I do, what I say. And and to be honest, uh, I would like to blame my youth. I was probably 26, 27 years old, and. Uh, the minute his family started arriving to the house and I just, the grief was unbearable. I mean, it was, it was horrendous. And I remember just thinking, I want to get out of here as fast as I can. I want to get home. I want to get away. I don't want to be any part of this. And uh, I remember going to his wife and saying, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go home. You know, his family had started arriving and they were trying to, 
do whatever you do in that situation. And I said, you just call me if you need me and I'll do anything you need me to do. And I, I was probably there a total of maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half, just a, a long, long hour to hour and a half. And uh, every day between then and the funeral, I would call and say, I'd call his wife and I'd say, hey, is there anything I need to do? Is there something I can do? Do you need food? Do you need, you know, do you need anything? I will do it. And uh, she said, no, we're good. Everything's good. We've got a lot of family, a lot of friends. Uh, things are fine. And I, I don't know that I can describe what it feels like to walk into a funeral at a church and see two big caskets and two little caskets. Mm. It's a sight that I will never forget as long as I live. Years later, fast forward, uh, and to be honest, I felt horrible. And I, I had guilt to this day that I wasn't a better friend, that I didn't handle that any better because I just tried to stay away. I made a phone call, you know, I tried to do it something, but I just didn't know what to do. And uh, I, I felt like I let my friend down and I felt that for 20 years. And ironically enough, I ran into his wife at a funeral uh, 20, 25 years later. And I just said, you know, I feel so bad about how I handled that whole deal. I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't there for him. And she looked at me with sort of a strange, a strange look on her face. And she said, Rick, you were there when he needed you most. You were there when he got the word. You were there uh, when he had to go back home and, and greet his family and greet his friends and all that. She's, and she never thought a thing about it. And, and I don't know that it made me feel better, but maybe it did. Fast forward about two years later, I was attending church at, at my home church and, and the preacher, Ronnie White, gave a sermon called what to say when there's nothing to say. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that I wish I would have heard that sermon before uh, my coaching friend got the news of, of his family, of what had happened to his family. And I will never forget it. And when I went home, I took notes about what he had said. And uh, I will, I just want to try to give our coaches and our, our listeners out there just some general ideas about what do you say when there's nothing to say. Guardian caps are lightweight, one-size-fits-all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33% of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive, sub-concussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian caps can help protect that helmet investment. This is a, it sort of boiled down into this. You need to go there. You need to go. You need to be there. Don't hide. Uh, be with them. And especially when there's nobody else there, you just need to physically be in their presence. Um, be available. The second thing is, don't think 
that you need to say anything to make them feel better because you're not going to say anything that's going to make them feel better. There's no magic word. There's no magic potion. Um, and over the years, I have been in that situation. I've been in that home where a, a family has lost their son and listened to some of the things that people said, and I was horrified, <laughs> frankly horrified by some of the things they say. And they were well-meaning. They they didn't mean to be say anything wrong, but they were just trying so hard to say something. And I remember uh, we lost one of our players in a horrible, horrible accident about two years after I heard this sermon. And a guy came over there, and he sat with his dad, and we're sitting there on the couch in, in the living room, and he said, you know, I think God must have needed another nose guard. And I just thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's not the right thing to say. That's not the right thing to say. But like I say, he didn't mean it in a bad way. He didn't mean it in a negative way. He was just trying to say something that would make them feel better. Understand, there's nothing you can say that's going to make them feel better. And the best thing that Brother Ronnie told us in that sermon is just say, I'm here. I am so sorry. I am so sorry for your loss. And that's about the best you can do because you just cannot. There are no magic words. I'm sorry for your loss. I am so sorry. And uh, the, the other thing, is that try to avoid the statement, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Because people naturally don't want to, they just don't want to ask. They just don't want to be a burden. Even in their time of grief, in their time of sorrow, they don't want to be a burden to others. And what I learned from that sermon and, and subsequently is that I'm not going to say if there's anything I can do. I'm going to look around and figure out what I can do. Do do that. Do I need to mow their lawn? Do I need to figure out who can bring them food? Is there? Can I wash their clothes? Can I clean their house? Is is there something that we can do? My wife and I, uh, over time, sort of developed a habit of when these horrible things happen, we just go to the Walmart, buy a cheap ice chest, fill it with water and soda ice and just send it over there and leave it and say hey you're going to need this with people coming by and things like that just just a little thing like that can make a lot of difference and, and that way that's just one thing they don't have to worry about because a lot of times in these situations that people will bring tons of food there'll be tons of food but there'll be nothing to drink and I thought that was a, a good idea, just a cheap styrofoam cooler full of ice and sodas and water, and that can do something that can help them. And like I say, if they need their lawn mowed, mow their lawn and, and take it from there. Find a way that you can be, find a way to be a service to them. Just some of the everyday things, pick up their, their laundry at the cleaners, mow, mow their lawn, you know, clean their house, just do those little things that just sort of takes it off their plate. Every circumstance is different. Uh, we might have to find a way to get the team to go to the funeral. I've done that on numerous occasions. Uh, we've loaded up buses and driven an hour or two to a, 
to a funeral of uh, one of our players' family members or something like that. But just find a find a way to be a service that make their lives a little bit better in their time of need. And I think that uh, even if it means, and I've done this too, uh, is I've gone to the funeral home and helped make arrangements with with the, the mom and dad when it was one of our players. And, and it's, I, I call the general idea of this talk is what to say when there's nothing to say, but also an aspect of it is what they just don't teach in college about being a football coach because you're in, you're in their life you're a part of their life to a certain extent. You're sort of a part of the family. And uh, I just encourage you don't hide from it. Don't run from it. Don't think that you have magic words that are going to make everything better because you don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss and just find some way that you can serve that family. And that's about the best advice I can give you. Rick, man, that was absolutely awesome. And it's something that you taught me several years ago. And it was so valuable because, you know, the one thing I remembered and one thing I forgot, one thing I remembered was just be present. Just be present. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Don't think you have to say anything because, you know, like I think I want to help by my mouth and by, you know, and like, I mean, there's nothing you can say, just be present, you know, just tell them you love them and you care about them and, and be present. And then the one thing that I had kind of forgot from when, you know, you first said this was, you know, avoid, because I probably have still done this and I am 100% in agreement that it's not the right thing to do, but, you know, avoid, that if there's anything I can do, let me know because they're not going to let you know, you know, like they're not, they're not going to try to put something on you that, you know, but just be of service, you know, just fi find something, you know, and do something that, that's, you know, that's probably what the good Lord would do, you know, like the good Lord wouldn't ask, well, what can I do for you? You know, like, what do you need me for? You know, like he would probably just figure it out. And, you know, I think that's absolutely awesome. So man, I'm super um, excited to get this one out there because I think this one will, unfortunately will help people moving forward because that is part of life. Tough times are coming. And, you know, in this profession, especially in this coaching and in the business world too, man, you have so many people involved that, you know, there are going to be things happen that, you know, we don't understand or we don't like, but, you know, being better suited to handle it is a blessing. So, you know, yeah. thank you very much for doing this, Rick. Is there any parting words? Well, it's, it's like you said, if you do this long enough, there's just going to be situations. And, and I mean, we had good grief. We had a, a kid get shot in the head with a shotgun at a, at a frat party and, you know, load up the bus and drive five hours to a funeral. And just those, those times are horrible. And uh, I, I really think that, it's if you say coaching is your calling and that's part of it because you're coaching people and we suffer, you know, people suffer, they suffer tragedies and, and the mathematics will get you because like I say, I, I can count 15 funerals of players that I've been to and, and I haven't, I haven't been to all of them just because I wasn't able to, but just go, just be there. 
be find a way to be a service. And, and that's, that's the best I can say. And, and like I say, if you have any questions or anything, uh, rick.jones at missouri.edu, shoot me an email. I'll be happy to answer them anyway. And, and Rick means that he will, he will answer that. I will add one more thing. I heard this the other day on a coaching call that I signed up for with uh, Jesse Itzler. I kind of got into his coaching program because I like the dude. I think he can add some value to my life. And, and he, he said this the other day, even about funerals. He said one of his aunts died on the East Coast. He was on the West Coast, and he didn't go to the funeral because it was so far and it was so – and um, his, one of his other aunts called him the day after the funeral and just blessed him out for not being there. And, you know, he said the valuable lesson that he learned was this. You don't go to the funeral for the person in the casket. You go to the funeral for the loved one standing around it. And he said, the lesson I learned was I will never miss another one. So, you know, when it is somebody, you know, family, friends, somebody close to you, and you can within any reason get there, then you should go. And I, I'm, I'm one that have, you know, that that's, that's, I'm talking to myself because I can talk myself out of one of those things in a, in a heartbeat because, I have not found enjoyment in that, but it's not about that, you know, and hearing that the other day made me think, man, I just need to go, you know, and, and listening to you just be present, you know, just, yeah. you can't, you can't be of any assistance absent. Yeah. you know. So I know that the the funeral I went to last week, it, it, it's one of those funny things about coaching. You know how it is. His dad was not my biggest fan. Right. <laughs> and, but over time, you know, over time, we had sort of reconnected, I guess you could say, and, and his son got ill, and and I had reached out to him on a couple occasions, you know, just wishing him the best and things like that. And there's just – you think football – you know, people on the outside think football is not that big a deal, and then you go and you see those former teammates of his just, you know – surrounding his dad with love and affection and encouragement it you know because they lost one of their they lost one of their boys you know yep. they they uh it's it's a special bond that you get you go through the good times and the bad times and, and honestly that's one of the things that sort of makes it special because i knew that his dad and i had had issues <laughs> like we have issues with dad sometimes but that was a uh, it was a great reunion. It was a great reunion and seeing those guys that I haven't seen, some of them I haven't seen in 20 years. It was just, it was, even though the circumstances was, were not what we wanted. It was, uh, it was a good time to see those guys and see those grown men. And, and I've coached long enough that I see guys that have, they're celebrating their 60th birthday. And I'm hmm. like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> they're celebrating their 60th birthday. And I coached hmm. them when they were in high school. Yeah, that's 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 getting on up there, Rick. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's awesome. That's a great story. You know, and the great thing about that story is that dad, you know, just how you have those thoughts of, you know, y'all did, you know, uh, knock heads or y'all did, you know, differ on opinion from time to time. That same dad probably had a thought later on that, you know, how pitiful of me to ever question coach because this dude showed up at my son's funeral because yeah. showing up means something you know it just yeah. does you know like it does. It parents does. love their kids and and they, 
coaches love their kids. And that's the one thing that us and parents have in common is, you know, we honestly do care. We want the same thing. Sometimes our methods are a little bit different. Now there's a few, there's a few dads out there that (laughs) I don't know that it will ever be right, but that's just, that's just part of it. And, and, And as a coach, you can just do the best you can do. I mean, you can do the best you can do. And, and I, I've, I tell parents, I, I've told parents at parent meetings, and I say, listen, no matter how much you hate me, please don't turn your son against me. Just please don't do that because that doesn't help you and it doesn't help your son and it doesn't help our program. But it is a, that's, it's a constant challenge and it really is. But I mean, sure. we're dealing with human beings and bad things happen. That it does. Well, I appreciate it, Rick. It's been fantastic. I, I appreciate everybody for listening. I can't wait for you to take this one and share it with somebody because it'll be something that'll be very useful um, in their lives. Thank you so much for being a part of the Never Stop Getting Better podcast. Until next time, adios, amigos.